0: Welcome to set on sunday a podcast by kellyville anglican where we talk about what was said on sunday or even what we didn't have time to say on sunday we are passionate about being deep in the word of god and doing life together in community so thanks for letting us into your week as we learn more about jesus together here's today's episode well friends welcome to Said on sunday uh, i'm your host james and today we have dave welcome dave
1: Good morning, good afternoon, whenever you are listening to this.
0: Nah, that's that's a good way to round it up, mate. And uh, we also have Nathan. Welcome back. Yeah, hey, good to be back, mate. You uh, got a good pass on the Trinity last week. Yeah, time well, well played annual leave. Yeah, so, um, yeah smooth.
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm sure Richard and Dave smashed it. So. Um, it was good. That was God's providence that I was out of town, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think differently on the
0: Trinity? No. <laughs> no. Do we need to oh, have these yeah. conversations together or what? We oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. meeting later today. But <laughs> hey, look, moving on from the Trinity, actually, we are in a new series uh, in the book of Philippians. And so, Dave, um, what did we talk about on Sunday?
1: Yeah, so Sunday, uh, an exciting day for us here at Kellyville, kicking off our series in Philippians, launching our vision uh, about sort of who we want to be. And uh, we, we saw that Paul and the Philippians uh, share this wonderful partnership in the gospel. Mm. Uh, and Paul talks about just the, the amazing joy that he has because of the partnership they share. Mm. Uh, and I sort of said to us, hey, look at our mission field that is around us, uh, which is large and diverse and you know, secular. Um, yeah. what, are, what are we going to do to, to reach uh, that under God? And uh, really, sort of based in that partnership idea, and say so let's let's do something together. And as we do something together, let's remember we, we're brothers and sisters in Christ in this. Uh, and uh, let's let's do you know let's work together with God in God's work. Uh, so really, sort of uh, doubling down on that idea of being together. I mean, that's what our sermon series is actually called, together. Uh, and I, I think uh, that's... Uh, the idea of working alongside each other uh, in the work of the Lord uh, is something that I'm I'm excited for us as a church to to grasp hold of deeply uh, and and see
0: what happens. Yeah, um, awesome. Sounds great. Uh, well, uh, we had a bunch of questions that uh, sent in on Sunday, and so we're going to jump straight into them. Now, uh, we looked at two passages uh, this Sunday gone. We looked at Philippians 1, uh, but we also look at Acts 16 uh, with Paul and Silas in jail. So our first question was, why was it that Paul and Silas said that the jailer's whole household would be saved? How did they know theory would accept Christ? That's a I don't know if I, that's the Assuming word that came in. They instead of the yeah. yeah. Autocorrect.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, but it is, I mean, it, you're in a culture where the head of the household is the man mm. and the man's view and the man's faith is the family's faith. Um, and so it is really interesting that they tell him and his whole household to get baptized when just him mm. is converted. Um, which is fascinating. Uh, so we don't know how they knew uh, that the family would believe, but so I think it's thirty-three, uh, Acts sixteen verse thirty-three, where they tell the man that him and his household need to be baptised. Mm. But then it seems to, but then however they knew, they seem to be correct. I think it's a couple of verses later in thirty-five or thirty-six, where uh, and the, the man is filled with joy because both he and his whole household have come to believe. Mm. Um, yeah, so they knew somehow, um, but there is also that cultural element of. Uh, the man's the head and his faith is is the household's faith. But it seems like they've all genuinely come to join in his faith. So it wasn't just the fact that he was the head in that case that the rest of the family embraced it as well. Mm.
1: And, uh, yeah, culturally households were much stronger mm. uh, and uh, and often quite large in terms of, you know, because it was often family business uh, in terms of what people were involved with. And so they had other people who were involved and part of the household. I mean, you, you see uh, Lydia. Uh, in the first part that that we didn't read uh, in Acts 16, and she comes to believe, and it talks about her and her whole household uh, getting baptized as, as well. Uh, and so there, there is that culture of, you know, together we are now Christian. We follow Jesus uh, as our whole household, and that would have been immediate family and any other people who were sort of part of that household. if They had slaves and other bits and pieces who were working for them. Uh, they probably would have been included uh, as part of that household. Uh, in terms of how do they know, I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. I think it was just sort of like, hey, that's, that's what we're doing together now. Uh, and, um, and off they went.
0: Yeah, awesome. All right, well, our second question that came in, uh, it's part question, part statement. Uh, so Dave, I'll throw this one to you. In being together, how can we make sure as a church, men and women are treated completely equally? Uh, it is very important that we show as a church there is no gender difference in any aspect of our church life.
1: Yeah, thanks, James. Um, and it's uh, it, it was nice to receive this question, uh, and thank you to the to the person who who mm. uh, submitted it. Uh, and um, there's a few things to unpack as as we uh, as we talk through this um, uh, statement that came in. And I just want to uh, uphold the very first part of it, that um, we do need to make sure as a church, men and women are treated completely equally. Uh, that is absolutely the first point that I really wanted to hammer home in my talk. We are together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we share the same Heavenly Father. Uh, we have all received the same grace that the person next to us has, uh, whether they've led a a moral somewhat moral upright life or whether they've you know uh whether they haven't uh whether they're rich whether they're poor whether they're man whether they're a woman uh we are all bonded together by god's grace uh and uh there there is no room for in a church uh where men and women are treated unequally Mm. uh and so i think it's really important that 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 is the foundational level of who we are and uh uh, what what I'm keen for us to do as a church is to work together, is that second point, work together with God in God's work. Uh, we are created to work together as brothers and sisters in the work of the Lord. Hmm. We need one another if we are going to make an impact on the world and our mission field around us. We need to be working together as men and women in Christ in the work of the Lord. Uh, and, you know, in terms of... The culture I want to create here, Um, as we go about this work, uh, I'm keen that we create lots and lots of teams, uh, build around responsibilities uh, and various purposes, and there'll be opportunities for very high-level leadership uh, across our church that have uh, enormous sway and influence over significant areas of ministry uh, that both men and women need to embrace and take hold of. Uh, and so, very keen to, for, to create that culture here. We got lots of work to do, mm. not in terms of the culture, but in terms of actually creating the teams and just the sort of you know sort of grunt work that sits behind that. Uh, and so, there's heaps of great opportunities in there. Now, I did say on Sunday at ten thirty where this question came in. Like personally, you know, I, I hold a view that uh, in terms of the preaching in a mixed adult congregation, uh, that that is something that men should do. Uh, and I just want to sort of preface this to say um it's we, we answer every question that comes in mm. there you know we could have bypassed this question uh, i could have said to nathan on sunday when he showed it to me i said yep let's just erase that one pretend we didn't see it uh, but we do answer every question that comes in now uh you know that's because we want to be transparent we want to be open and say hey we're not afraid to wrestle with some of the big questions that come in um However, um, it would be great to help the wider church unpack why I think what I think on it. Uh, Now, that's more time than what we've got here from a podcast. Uh, And I know, you know, not everyone listens to the podcast as well. Um, They should, but they don't. (laughs) Um, And so it'd be great to be able to unpack that over a number of weeks. And we will. Uh, it's our plan to work through 1 Corinthians next year and the year after. So we're going to come to some tricky passages, right, mm. in terms of what it means, what it looks like. Uh, and I know when we come to a, a conversation like this, uh, there'll be all sorts of different reactions to, to what I put out there about my own views. There'll be people who will go, yes, Dave, excellent, that's fantastic, so behind you. There'll be a bunch of people who will feel quite neutral about the whole thing and they'll go, yeah, that's fine, I don't, it doesn't really matter. And there'll be people who will have quite a a visceral reaction to it, who will be quite dismayed or even disappointed uh, that that, that's the view that I hold. Um, And and I just sort of want to say to all parties in there, when we come to understanding the gospel, and when you look at the creeds we say and the statements of faith that we hold to, uh, the debate about the roles of men and women in church is not in there. Uh, And so what I want us to do in terms of when we talk about being together and being unified, what are we unified around? We're unified around who Jesus is and what he came to do. Uh, And I'm totally comfortable that we have different views uh, across our congregation. Some have already reached out and sort of said, hey, you know, I do hold a different view. And my response has been, thanks for letting me know. Love you. You know, let's, let's talk together if that's sort of what you want to do. Um, and so, uh, but let's unify ourselves around the big ticket items, yep. um, uh, of what, what they need to be. And hear me saying, I'm very keen that together as men and women, we do the work of the Lord together.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for answering that, mate. And, and on that same line of, um, thinking of unity and partnership, uh, the next question that came in was how did Paul and Timothy respond to those who may have been unwilling to partner or who didn't share the load in partnership?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, it's a little bit tricky because Paul and Paul and Timothy don't directly address this uh, pretty much in any book um, in terms of unity about people, you know, addressing the 80-20 split where you know twenty percent do eighty percent of the twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work, uh, and so Paul doesn't really address this. Um, but in terms of unity, he is actually big on it. It's a recurring mm. theme in the Book of Philippians. Uh, it comes up almost every chapter actually uh, and then in particular there's a couple of, of women who are in disagreement uh, who are who are fighting in Philippians 4, uh, Euodia and Sintish or Syntyche, I don't know how you pronounce that but um, yeah and so and Paul calls for unity there and Paul again he's not addressing the workload issue but he does address unity multiple times in other books so uh, in Titus 3 he warns he warns heavily against divisive people. So people who divide the church, who disrupt Mm -hmm. unity, warn them once, warn them twice, and then kick them out. So he takes division and unity really, really, really seriously. Uh, and so big on unity, uh, And he does warn against people being busy bodies as opposed to being actually busy and people who are idle. So he does care. He does think that Christians should be diligent and hard workers, but he doesn't actually in any particular place sort of call out people who aren't pulling their weight enough. So it's a little bit tricky to answer. We get a couple of hints here and there, but that's about as much as we get.
1: And one of of the amazing things in Philippians is it, well, it reads as a letter where everyone is on board with the Mm. partnership uh and that that's sort of his very first thing he says i always pray you know uh, with joy because of your partnership uh and that's you know i think that's one of the amazing things that we see in philippians here is that there wasn't necessarily a church where there were many who weren't sharing the load like it feels like everyone was um and they were doing that in lots and lots of different ways through prayer through finances through concern for him um, you know, they even sent a Paphroditus to him and, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's all sorts of amazing things that seem to happen in there for the Philippian church and for Paul. Um, that's not to say, you know, uh, that that's a, an exhaustive statement, but from what we can piece together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there were churches, I mean, like church in Corinth, right? Like that, they had some divisions and other bits and pieces going through it, uh, where people perhaps weren't sharing the load, um. Uh, but it's yeah, as, as Nate said, it's not super explicit anywhere yeah. else.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. And so on that, um, Dave, what's your best advice for persevering as a church when we feel not entirely unified?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, it's an in- interesting question to think about. Um, again, as we talk about working together, and th- this is where these questions come from. Mm. Uh, it, that whole idea of working together in unity. Uh, and like i said up front that we all know the struggles of working alongside one another and feeling unified um you know even the best sporting teams struggle for everyone to be on the same page right Mm -hmm. uh so unity can feel like an elusive thing that you know as soon as you feel like you've got it you don't uh and churches are no different uh as soon as you feel like yeah we've we're sort of tracking in the right direction, uh, something happens and uh, you don't really feel that that unity. Um, my plea for us is, is a little bit, you know, in terms of what I was uh, talking about before, is about where we find our unity and who and what we want to unify around. And so for us as Kellyville, uh, let's look at Jesus together, uh, and I shared a quote on Sunday night uh, from A. W. Tozer, uh, and he talks about um, you know a hundred pianos being tuned to the same fork are uh, automatically all in tune, and then he says you know a hundred worshippers together looking towards Jesus and away from themselves uh, are closer together in fellowship uh, than you know uh, if they're looking to themselves, uh, and so I just really I love that idea that together as a church, what binds us together is Jesus. And there are so many other things in church in the world around us that want our unity around them. Mm. Uh, And the challenge for us in working together as brothers and sisters and working together with God in God's work is to keep Jesus at the center of our unity and not other things. Yeah, okay. Awesome. I I think churches face a unique challenge
2: for unity, uh, as opposed to say sporting teams or bands to get into James's, you know, music game, because you know, a band who is not united is disaster. (laughs) So bad to listen to. Um, but churches have a unique challenge in that we want to keep growing. A rugby team is 15 and always 15 on the field you know and so soccer team's 11 like they're not whereas a church we have 300 adults across a Sunday we want to get to 500 and 700 which means we're increasingly adding new opinions new views new, yep. and so, yeah that's right and so it's really really hard to stay united which is why we have to keep the main thing our unity in Christ is the yeah. main thing because there's going to if we have 300 opinions on pragmatics and how to do ministry now hopefully it'll be 500 hopefully it'll be 700 and uh, and so it's a unique unique challenge that churches have
1: because we, yeah. we want to grow It is. It's It's a really good point. I I often think about Sally Robbins. Do you remember her? Uh, She was the rower uh, who Mm. fainted uh, in the Olympics when, uh, you know, uh, whatever the the boat that has eight people in them. I don't know what that's called. um, And uh, she fainted and, um, you know, there's the photos of her lying down. The rest of the team is rowing, right? And she got smashed by her team and, you know, that how dare you be the weaker one. Uh, who fainted and cost us the meteorite Churches are not like that. Mm. Um, we're here for the weaker one. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. Yeah.
0: Totally. And so on that line, you know, if if our you know and our goal to be united and work together towards a common goal, how do we account for those who are weaker? You know, we think about the Christian life. Some people are at different stages in their walk with Jesus, and so how are we going to work together in the midst of some of these differences? You know, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I think again, it's important to be humble, and and mm. so there are going to be, you know, I'm only 30, but I've already had seasons where I've been able to be a stronger brother and I've had seasons where I've had to be a weaker brother and had to take a step back and lean on lean on other people a bit more. Mm. Uh, and so, again, it's humility where we're going to go through different phases where we can lift people up and then sometimes we're going to need to be carried ourselves. Uh, so humility towards those uh, who are weaker. And I think uh, people at different stages bring massive blessing to the church. So I think of the new Christian, like who are the best evangelists? So new Christian might be considered weaker in their faith because they're so fresh and new, but who are the best evangelists for Jesus? It's the new Christian who's just excited about what's just happened to them. So they bring so much. And then who are the most powerful stories and the most powerful testimonies that um, shape and encourage and change other people's lives? It's the person who's who's pushed through breast cancer. It's the person who's had severe mental health uh, and kicked on. It's the person who's lost their job, lost everything and kept their faith in Jesus. So actually, uh, the weaker people, they bring so much value. Uh, they need to be cared for. Uh, we weep with them when they're struggling, uh, and um, and again, it's that one Corinthians twelve uh, analogy where the body, you know, the mm. body works hard to help the weakest parts and the most modest parts. Uh, we don't we don't cut them off, you know? <laughs> you know. So it's it's a really helpful analogy that's in in one Corinthians twelve where Paul actually directly addresses that issue.
1: Mm. Yeah, and, and he addresses again in Romans uh, fourteen and fifteen. In uh, fourteen, he says, "Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters now he's obviously got a couple of things in mind in terms of eating and drinking uh, that he sort of you know works his way through in romans 14 um but ex- we accept the weak one uh you know the, the one who faints in the boat is part of our team mm. uh when we're, we're not there to sort of point them out and go you failed um you know uh that that's that's we accept that coming to christ is an admission of weakness to a certain degree, isn't it? Like, I am a sinner, I'm in need of Jesus, um, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, every day I need you, you know, Lord, I need you. Uh, every single day, every single hour, um, you know, it's it's without his grace, you know, we, uh, we are nothing. Um, and then Romans 15, he says, uh, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Um, and so we... You know, if, if we're in a season of being strong, uh, we're part of what it means to be strong is to look out for those who are weak. That's the sort of community we want to build. Right. That's what it means to be together as brothers and sisters. Uh, and so, um, yeah, how do we account for those who are weaker? We account for them. Mm-hmm. They're not forgotten, they're not pushed to the side. We love them uh, as best as we possibly can.
0: Yeah, great. Well, um, getting on to some sort of pragmatic stuff about how we're going to do things here at Kellyville going forward. You know, we're all talking about partnership and unity and, and being on mission here in our local area. And so, one of the questions that came in is how can I work out what my role is in the mission since we all have different gifts?
2: Youth ministry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, no. no. Everyone has the gift of
2: youth ministry. <laughs> it's amazing it's because like everyone was a youth once, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Is that, is that your Russian, mate? <laughs> all you need, if you've been a teenager before, you're ready for youth ministry. <laughs> so you're all gifted. No, I think it's I think it's a really helpful question because, uh, again, it's the body analogy. It's the family analogy. like Everyone has different roles uh, at the building. So yeah, body building, sort of all these things where everything has different functions. Everything is really important. And thankfully, thank goodness, God in his church gives different people different gifts. So we can actually do more and more and more because we're not all just good at one thing. Uh, And so I think one of the things that we're keen to do as a church is, is have what we call serve chats with people where we sit down. And we go, all right, let's work out, what's your gifts? What do you think you're good at? You know, this is not the time to be humble where you go, oh, I'm not good at anything, you know, share what you actually think you're good at. And we go here and you sort of get a list of church needs, a list of your gifts. And um, most of the time they've got something, something's going to cross over. Um, and so that's how we can do it at church. Um, yeah. And so it's a really helpful, helpful way. So, I mean, for my being in church for you know, 30 years, there have been times where I've being able to play to what I think are my strengths and really serve well. And then there've been other times where I've been serving in areas that I wouldn't call my gifts, but there's just such a big need. Like I've been on the sound desk at night church at uh, a previous church. That is not my gifting. And, uh, and the people who didn't have their microphones turned on in time also worked out that it wasn't my gifting, (laughs) but there's such a a big need that sometimes you, you step into ministries that you wouldn't normally do. And so, yeah, it's a wisdom call. Um, but often. I'd say eight out of ten. There's going to be a crossover between a church need and one of your gifts.
1: Yeah, I've led singing at a funeral <laughs> one time because uh, there was no one else, mm-hmm. and they, they really wanted a couple of hymns. Let me tell you, it it is not my gifting. <laughs> um, so yeah, look. You were
0: humming before. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> There's
1: there's this vast difference, James, <laughs> between humming and uh, standing up in front. I just wanted to hit. I just wanted to hit exactly when we we're supposed to start, mm. and then I sort of tried to encourage the congregation to uh, take over from there. Um, but yeah, so there's a couple of things in there, isn't there? Mm. Like there's um, there's our needs as a church mm. uh, in terms of you know what we'd like to do, mm. uh, and there's the the giftings of the people uh, around us and. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you can need some space, some time to figure out what's, uh, what, what am I good at? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, o- often it does line a little with what you're passionate about. Mm. Um, uh, but sometimes, yeah, you need to step outside yourself to say, you know, for the greater good at this point, I'll serve in this capacity. Um, but, yeah, we are looking to set up systems uh, and ways for you to, to uh, have those conversations facilitated um, down the track.
2: Yeah. Also, yeah. awesome. I, I think one mistake we make, um, is we assume we can't add any more new skills. And so like, this yeah. is not my gifting go for now. Like maybe if I put in hours and hours of work, I could be the best sound desk person ever. Yeah. It's unlikely, but you know, so it is possible to add new skills. And yeah. so that's a good reason to try some new things. Cause you might realize you're good at something that you didn't think you would be.
1: And I think if we want to uphold the scriptures on this, I think we need to be prepared to, um, start new things. Hmm based on the people who are in front of us. Uh, we might have some people who are particularly gifted and passionate about a particular area that we're currently not working in. And I think if we really want to understand the nature of the body at that point, we need to be prepared to say, absolutely, that who's who God has given us, because uh, you know, each of you are a gift that he has mm. given us as a church, um, and go, yeah, okay, well, that's that's great, let's mm. go. I don't necessarily have an example for it, but I think in theory we need to be willing to to say yes to those things.
0: Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, Dave, on Sunday um, you're talking about the ever-changing landscape that we're doing mission in with Kellyville and the new census data and and where we're looking – as a suburb to be in, in five, 10 years with the growth. Um, and one of those points that you brought out was uh, the changing demographic in those that are living, uh, that have moved over from places like China or India and the families and really wanting to reach people um, that have, have moved in from overseas and have come into our area. And so what are we going to do as a church here at Kellyville Anglican um, to engage these groups? Well,
1: um, So, what I was keen to do on Sunday was to highlight the changes that are happening in this space. Yeah. Uh, and to just to, uh, use the data cause data doesn't lie. Uh, and it's, it's objective in there to say, this is what's happening around us. I don't have all the answers. Uh, is, is and if my kids are listening, that's not right. I do have all the answers, <laughs> um, but no, I I, I don't. Um, but and what what we need to sort of wrestle in here is to go. Uh, okay, now we understand the mission field within the parameters, you know, of you know biblical orthodoxy. Let's try stuff. Mm. Let's give things a go. Give ourselves the permission to go. That was a disaster. <laughs> that didn't really quite work or that actually offended them um them that offended that culture uh then um then actually sort of engage them in the gospel uh and I, i'm sure I, he, i'm positive we will make mistakes along the way um I, I'm, I'm, you know, we may have already made some. I'm probably sure I've already made some. Um, but we need to give ourselves permission to do that as a church and, and as congregations as we seek to do that. Now, having said that, it's not like I have nothing. Uh, and so, and it's not like we as a church already don't have some things in place. So, uh, as I spoke about on Sunday, we have our ESL ministry uh, that we're looking to relaunch. Uh, and again, let me put a plug in Friday mornings, if you're free. Mm. Fourth uh, of November, 2022. If you're listening to this in the past, uh, or in the future, um, the present, in the present, <laughs> even, um, and uh, it's just some some time machine that we've got to hold off. Um, <laughs> um, uh, that yeah. So come and come and check out the training. Uh, it it is a, a good ministry to engage uh, with those uh, whose English is a second language, um, and so. Uh, there's a bunch of other things we're starting to trial, uh, just in terms of sermons, uh, for example. You know, we're starting to print off uh, copies of sermons for those whose English uh, isn't as good, so that it's easier for them to follow. Um, so we've started that in the last couple of weeks, mm. um, knowing that uh, people want to come to an English-speaking service, but their English isn't quite ready, or they can get sort of 30 to 35%. This might get them to 60% uh, in order to sort of uh, grasp some of those things. But... Um, but here, here some, we're saying we're open to ideas. Um, and there's already some people that came up to me on Sunday when I sort of gave a similar answer. Who said, I'm super keen to be involved in thinking through some solutions together. Um, and, and I think we'll be much better when we think and act together uh, and, and go about it together. Yeah,
2: awesome. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul went into all sorts of different cultures, right? And sometimes
1: mm. had amazing success
2: and preached the gospel and people got converted. Sometimes he got rejected roundly. Sometimes there were riots. <laughs> he went in. <laughs> yeah. The important thing is the one consistent thing he did was preach the gospel. Yeah. And and but yeah, even he had situations where he probably would have gone, Oh, whoopsie. Okay. I mean I'm in a riot, you know, maybe. Uh, and I think he's discouraged at one point in Acts eighteen in Corinth. And God says, No, keep going. You know, it's it's you're not you're not seeing the fruit
1: you want to see now, but keep going. So uh, your solution is a riot down at <laughs> Kellyville Village. That's true. Right. Is that <laughs> what <where laughs> you say? <it? laughs> uh, you're big on awareness of our church, <laughs> and that would get us some awareness. <laughs> 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 That's right. Kellyville Anglican people with uh, there starting a riot. Just waiting for a chicken shop affair, shut yeah. next week. No, I'm I'm starting to riot about that chicken shop being shut next
0: week. <laughs> um, Which one's that? The chicken, shop's shut the chicken shop
1: yeah, it's shut what? next week. No way. For the whole week. For just the whole a, week. Just as well, I am away for the week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Very good. Well, the last one we've got uh, for us today. You um, know, ever changing culture, especially uh, here in Australia, uh, we're becoming more and more secular. How can we effectively speak into that? Um, especially when we, you know, continually being rejected.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is a good question. Really mm. good question and I think quite pointed for where we are, uh, culturally speaking, um, you know, right now. Um, I've got two contradictory things to say. Um, one, you know, you, you sort of look at Paul and his example, and he talks about being all things to all men, uh, you know, uh, all, all things to all people, uh, in order to win some. Mm. And so I think there's aspects and, you know, I think Christians have worked hard uh, for the last sort of 20 to 30 years uh, to prove to the world around them that we are the same. Uh, We are similar, you know, the old we don't have two heads, you know, um, sort of comment, you know, like, and, and I think there's a truth to that. And I think what Paul is trying to do is to find points of connection in order to hear the gospel i mean you look at Acts 17 straight after he goes to from philippi he goes to athens and uh he's there and he looks for points of connection uh in order for the gospel to have penetration to people's hearts and i think we need to do that we need to find points of connection but in our world today um we are starting to stick out more and more and so my contradictory thing to say is I actually think we should lean into it. Mm. And I think we should lean into it heavily. Um, and, you know, you've seen this with uh, things that are happening in the world around us, you know, the Essendon Football Club and their one-day CEO, uh, you know, and, you know, his, his Christian beliefs. And, and I don't necessarily want to unpack that in depth. But just to sort of go, we are different. That's okay. Um what we believe on certain things is different, that's okay. Um, you know, the world around us is now based basing who's in, who's out, pretty much on, you know, what you think on sexuality stuff, right? Whether you're in, whether you're out. I think it's just clear we're out. Uh and and that's okay. And I actually think we should lean into it and say that's 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 who we are. Um and uh and I I think Jesus pretty much told us to do that anyway, uh, Mm. in terms of when he says, Be holy like I'm holy, um, holiness is about being separate. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, nice.
2: Yeah. I think the other, this isn't
1: so much about speaking,
2: but it certainly helps with our speaking is the big problem that churches have run into in recent years is that we're making stands and we're taking stands on moral issues and then our leaders are coming out as adulterous affairs or embezzling money. And, and so, um, if uh, we need to say the words. So there's a famous quote where I think it's Francis of Assisi says, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Okay, let your actions do the talking. Um, And that's cute, but we need to also have our words as well. So we need to be speaking the truth. Um, Just doing really nice actions isn't going to win anybody over. Um, But yeah, we need to, our lives need to match up with the messages we're saying. So if we're taking stands on sexuality issues and then our leaders are sexually immoral, it's really embarrassing and you can totally see why the
1: secular culture goes. Church is laughable right now. Like, what yep. are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and, and Paul says that in, in 1 Timothy. Mm. I guess that the heart of his letter of 1 Timothy uh, is watch your life and doctrine closely. Yep. Uh, they go together. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, in terms of, um, yes, those of us in, in a paid capacity in church need to uphold that. But um, uh, in terms of us as Christians... Uh, as you know, and and many of the uh, people uh, at church and churches, you know, more broadly speaking, feel the pressure of secularism probably more than the three of us around this table in terms of you know, the everyday workplace. Yep. Um. I'd like to think our workplace is somewhat Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> me too. Yeah, you guys can uh, you could take that later, but um. <laughs> But we did open the Bible this morning. Yeah, yeah we did. We did. Uh, but for most people, it's it's uh, it's a mm. really tough place, uh, and so I think we want to say to them, watch your life and watch your doctrine closely. They are absolutely intertwined. They're not two separate things. Uh, they they go together. What you believe uh, and what you live.
2: Yep, and I guess increasingly. Oh, sorry, the church the whole way throughout its history has stood out. So that's what you're saying. In terms of leaning yeah. leaning into it, the original yeah. Christians, mate, they got treated awfully and were
1: opposed on almost every issue of the day. Um, mm. Greek and, on some, yeah. and and massively misunderstood, right? Mm. Um, you know, so you know, I talk about us being brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Uh, the early Christians were accused of incest mm. because they talked about each other as brothers and sisters, and then they the world looking on and go, hang on, you guys are getting married, <laughs> um, you know, and then they talked about you know. Uh, you know, doing the Lord's Supper and, mm. you know, there's the old sort of, you know, one of eating and drinking the flesh mm. uh, of, of Jesus, right, which, you know, uh, we, we don't say those particular words that are here anymore, although they are in the Book of Common Prayer, but... Mm. Um, and so, but it's all about being in Christ, right? Mm. And our unity with him. That's what that's being, I mean, you know, they were accused of, you know, cannibalism. <laughs> you know, like you guys eat and drink this dead dude. Like what is going on? Like totally misunderstood, mm. uh, in terms of the accusation, wild accusations, mm. right? Like wow, that, that's crazy stuff. Um, but they didn't sort of pull back from any of those uh, and go, let's let's use different language, you know. No, no we're brothers and sisters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, we we want to express our unity uh, and uh, with with Jesus, uh, and we're gonna keep doing the Lord's supper. So mm-hmm. we have always stood out. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, uh, the two of you, for today. Uh, look, that was week one of a six-week series. So we're gonna be jumping into week two. Dave, do you want to give us a little teaser of what's coming up?
1: I do. Uh, so we spoke week one about, let's, let's get together. Mm. Let's be partners. Uh, what's the work we actually are going to do together? Uh, and so that's what this week is. And, uh, our next section in, um, 12 to 26 is, uh, you see Paul's priority, uh, loudly, clearly, you can't miss it. And his priority is... Gives him enormous clarity on what his life should look like. And when we put the priority of what we need to be individually and as a church next to Paul's, we probably have some work to do, um, but it just makes it abundantly clear what we need to do. And so I'm going to share a bit about that. Uh, I'm going to share out a bit of a new statement, um, you know, and there's a lot of new things I'm going to share Sunday uh, as a, as a result of, uh, seeing Paul's priority and, uh, we're going to get some clarity together.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, friends, that's it for today on set on Sunday. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next Thursday. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'd love you to join us at Kellyville Anglican any Sunday at 8.30, 10.30 or 6.15 PM. If you can't visit us in person, you can also join us online. You can find out more information at www.kac.sydney. So come join us and see for yourself what is said on Sunday.